Welcome back to the trickway. Mr. Grey over Howdy. here. Or he's over here. I think he's over up there. there. He's somewhere. He's somewhere <laughs> about here. You hear him mind. Um, thanks for coming along, Grey. We uh, are here for Season 3, Episode 8 of Star Trek Picard, titled Surrender. The usual unique breakdown of the episode and our uh, sides going in massive tangents and being petty about nitty-gritty mm-hmm. things. I think that's more me than Grey. But um, yeah, we all get a little nitty gritty, but it's only nitty gritty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's like never the, the nitty gritty bothered us in other Star Trek shows because they were a bit lame and and it, and it yeah. ruined the episode a bit more. But these little nitty gritty things don't ruin it because they've done such a good job, you know. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll we'll crack on here as usual. Just jump in where you, you need to, Gray. Um, mm-hmm. All arms at the end, save the people a little bit. Um, now we saw the trailer. The teaser trailer from Grey's Corner, now now editing and titled Corner, um, about the several of the Titan crew getting mowed down when they're trying to run away from Barrick's Goon. And we agreed, Grey, did we not, that that was maybe edging on the, the side of maybe a wee bit too dark? You still yeah. stand by that? Yeah, yeah I mean, it, now that I've kind of seen it in the episode, for real, I can come back on that a little, but it was still kind of dark. You know, but it's not enough to, it's not enough to like trash the episode. No, but nope. it would have no, been no. probably better if they just trapped him in there, let's say, you know, and started to take their air away or whatever, so he didn't really get a slaughter. You know? Well, I think they were. Don't see it for sure, but I think they were mowed down. The ones from that that teaser trailer last week, I think, are pretty much dead because oh yeah, fires yeah. off yeah, like and that's in cold blood, um, which is wrong. But the reason I think it's a bit dark is because Vadik is getting a kick out of it. She's like a conductor yeah. at an orchestra. She's giving it all this. She's, and, she's a sadist. So you know, she's and like, yeah, getting into it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Hey, like, we were a bit hesitant. How good is Amanda Plummer going to be as a bad guy? Ray wasn't sure what to expect, if I recall. And I'm like, from what I know she's done in the past in her old man. Now, just mm-hmm. to say she's going to be the same as her old man, but she has a chip off the old block. She... Plays yeah. a messed up, very smart, intelligent uh, bad guy, and I think she's done a great job out of it. She's like, I'll take, I've taken taken away your your ears, uh, and I've taken away the road in front of you, locking them in, um, and then she's threatening to like pull the oxygen and the gravity from from the rest of the ship as well. She's she's got the well. That mercy. that whole part was very reminiscent of uh, of her dad, Christopher Plummer, in Star Trek Six, right? Where he's very poetic and he reads the classics. I have a right? let slip the dogs of war. Exactly. Right. So he was. So she starts going into that same mode a little bit. You could tell, mm. and I was like, okay, I see it. Yeah, yeah, you have to, you have to. Um, yeah. 
yeah, so she's getting off in it. She's twisted, which I absolutely love because maybe I'm a bit messed up in my head as well. Who knows? Um, I should speak to a counsellor, Gray. Um, are, you, the... are you a changeling? Christ, <laughs> you need to ask me questions. That's how it works. Um, You're going to start melting right on camera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, can't, we can't afford the VFX. Um, yeah. So she now has full control of the ship, uh, which is... A, that was... It was last week's episode, and I'll touch on it again later on. He got the command code from Rikar because of why he was there, and yeah, he had right. to do what he had to do. Um, there is another moment where Jack goes all red eye, as we're calling it, as I'm calling it again, um, mm-hmm. and he can see what his attackers see. He's seeing the gunning down of people, he's seeing what's going on in the bridge. Um, and it's obvious and apparent at this stage that Vadic really wants Jack. Like she is, she is definitely wanting him. Um, otherwise, she'll kill the crew. It's like an ultimatum. Uh, surprise, surprise! Yeah. That the, the classical hostage trek episode, which we've seen before, and no doubt we'll see again. Um, sure. And I say before, Grade noted it was a little bit dark. This kind of scene in general, but not too bad. We're bordering on what was okay and what was not. So that's how it Yeah, is. I mean, if, it, if I think if it was up to us, we probably would have pulled back the reins on that just a little bit more. But it's, it's okay. Yeah. It's, not, it's not terrible. I would have closed the doors and not showed stroke, let you hear the mowing down of them. So that it's maybe obvious right. what might happen, but you don't see or hear anything. Not that you see them visibly getting mowed down because the door closes, but you, you know what's happening. Sure. Um, now... We catch up with Riker now, finally, because Gray was saying we hadn't seen him much recently, and I was like, it's fine. Kicking <laughs> a little chill pill, he's, he's, he'll be back. And yes, he is back a, a decent amount in this episode. Um, both Riker and Troy are on the, the strike, and it seems like not too, too many people are actually on board, which ends up being one of their downfalls later on. But uh, Riker's been a bit of a baby, a bit of a ponce because he's got a wee cut in his head and he's, what, his missus is tending to him and typical little little scratch. There. It hurts. It hurts. <laughs> Be gentle, kiss it better. Um, uh, a or do a little more, it'd be even better. But, you know. uh, well, well, that's that's what the After Darks uh, Star Trek that's is right. all about, you know. <laughs> Um, Ooh, that's, that's that's interesting. You start a new show, Star Trek After Dark, <laughs> <laughs> like after After Dark, like like Red District yeah. Dark. Um, it turns out, Gray, no surprise. I didn't I hadn't thought of this, but it's not really a surprise. A changeling Riker, changeling version of Riker, who I've spelt with an L and instead of an I, um, came to visit Troy uh, at their home. Which mm-hmm. I'm like, why didn't I think of that? This is a no-brainer. But she can't read changelings. Which is good because it'd be too obvious and she'd be too powerful. Right. Uh, but she says there's something off of them, and she's and she's joking that uh, the, the Riker's asking what, what was he like, and she's like, ah, good in bed, bad at pizza. To which Riker says, just like me. Then I get a little chuckle out of that, Gray. I don't know about you. This is when we use humor at the right times. Do you yeah. see what I mean? Yeah. Oh, and uh, I think uh, for some and for some people that see that and think it was too much humor. It, I, you know, I added a little thing in the notes, and it's 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 common when people are faced with a death situation or something of that nature that they're going to do one of two things. They're either going to sit there and just totally go bonkers and, or whatever, or they're going to deflect as much as they can. And or go numb. Deflect? Or go numb and not right, do anything. Or go numb. So, right. And some people deflect with humor. 
Um, and this is what they're doing. They're basically, you know, dealing with it in a humorous manner because they know they might die. So that's how they handled it. So it's not unusual. It's not like it couldn't happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. And it's a good point that Gray adds on to the end of this. This is why this works, because sometimes I'll miss things. Sometimes Gray will add things. And don't get me wrong, there's, there's, there's one or two things that Gray's added in later on that for those that are watching or listening think, why didn't you mention that, Trevor? Like, if I mentioned every last thing, oh yeah, this God. would be a couple hours long at least. So I put down what I think is important and relevant, and then Ray will put in what he thinks is important and relevant if I've not included it in well, what's called teamwork. And on top of that, if you really want to hear Easter eggs, there's plenty of people out there that go like, there's 583 Easter eggs in this episode. <sighs> no, Let's can't. count them down. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's not us. We, 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 we go over a uh, generalization of the episodes, like the key points, and then break them down, and then give our opinions on it, and go off in like tangents. It's kind of unique. I don't see a lot of our version of reviews online, Grace. No, I, mean, I, like uh, I, I like the attention to detail, but when you start getting to the thing, and we see a piece of dust on the left side, which wasn't there because before it was on the right side. Which oh, means... yeah, there's people like that. What are they called? Like, when they review, uh, there's a term or a phrase for that, isn't there, where people analyze anal. things out of place anal. in movies? Anal. <laughs> <laughs> Way too Get anal. a life. Uh, yeah, we just defending God knows how many YouTubers. But he's right. He is right. Ah, anywho, anywho. See, we're sidetracking already. Uh, yeah. I like this little bit. Varric's... It has confirmed that the captain's chair on the Titan is comfy and they must take it with them. Priorities, Jack and the chair. Jack in the chair? Taken away? Brucey That's bonus. right, hey. Um, so who, who's the, who would have thought that a Starfleet regulation captain's chair is going to be more comfy than the big, fancy, important flash one on the strike? There <laughs> you go. Um, Jack has the plan to use the good old... Red eye trick again. I surprise yawn yawn. It's been dragging on for far too long. This bloody thing with Jack, you know. But it is what it is. It's part of the story. Yeah, stretching it out. Uh, they, oh, damn right they are, Gray. Um, he at this stage, I'm not sure he can just turn this on and off, right? Because you haven't seen any clear evidence of that. I don't. I don't think. But his plan here at this stage right. is. Well, this is the first time we we do see it. But no, otherwise, no, no. Yeah, we didn't yeah before I meant. Sorry. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. So obviously he's he he could have added in something like I think I've got the hang of it now, little tiny like just a very <laughs> small thing, you know. But he didn't say that. Um, and his plans to take over control of an officer on the bridge, um, because one thing he heard before with Troy and uh, Riker was that you know he gave the code the titan to get into the the system but he knows there's an override code and if he knew anything about jean-luc he'll be there with a dastardly plan to take back control the scene after i thought was going to come up with him like up certain creek without a paddle but it wasn't uh, his plan does reenact at this stage now but the problem is you need to enter it into the bridge which i think uh I, it's a storytelling plot you should be able to enter that bloody anywhere in the ship if you ask me but mm. You know, um, and this override code will be entered by an officer controlled by Jack, uh, and then he'll take back control. Now, I love this, Gray, because like one of the officers is literally standing like this, like the kind of this, standing on side, and he's typing in the code slowly, trying, trying not to give away his, his position. 
what he's doing right and he's about to hit confirm or override i think it was yeah and vadic notices and stops him Oh, I thought he was going to pull it off, Gray. Did you think he was going to get that code out? I thought, yeah, I did, I did, and I, and I and I think that's part of why we really appreciate the writing in the show because typically you're you're going to be, oh, okay, that makes sense. He's going to do it, but they keep you off guard, and all of a sudden it doesn't happen that way, and you're like, oh crap! So what the hell are they going to do now? And I like that if you can if you can make the writing to keep you guessing, then you know you got something good. You got some. You got a, You got the writers got you by you know what and. The short good... curlies. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it is cracking writing. It's, I don't want to know how an episode is going to unwind in front of me all the time. I like to be surprised from time to time. Um, but there is more brilliant writing here because she's got this guy on the deck. She's kind of, he's threatened to kill him unless Jack comes up. And then she picks another officer and what's your name, blah, blah, blah. And then just as she thinks she's going to kill this officer, she actually kills the officer standing right beside her. Yeah. You're like, That's what you call it, a very sadistic villain. They just get, they're torturing you by not letting you know who they're going to kill, and they kill somebody totally, you know. I, yeah, I, got, I get vibes of um, for those that watch The Walking Dead, when, spoiler alert, it's been several scenes as this happened, where uh, Negan smashes in Glenn's skull with a baseball bat because he's going about going, eeny, meeny, miny, moan. You just don't know. Um, so she she is a little bit like Negan actually in this episode. She's a bit sick and sadistic. I like it. Yep. Um, and so she kills one, and she's about to threaten to kill the other one. Um, but thankfully, she only kills the one. Does she? She's great at this stage, if I remember rightly. Yeah, yeah. Aye, thank God because ask her. But she said, "Then you've got." She doesn't say about time. She says, "We can keep doing this all day, kind of thing. Get your yeah. ass up to the bridge, you know." So fair enough. Fair enough. Um, we have a little. Heart to heart between Riker and Troy, um, just talking about you know when they lost their child and like I think Riker was kind of I didn't know this he was a bit numb because partly because of Troy like she was getting in and yeah. not erasing his memories but kind of almost like trying to soften them and take away a bit of the pain and he's like why did you do that like that's the only thing I had and she's like I'm trying to help you and. Blah, blah blah. It was. It was. Well, she innocently wanted to help him because he loves him and didn't want him to suffer, is. without realizing the fact that you had to go through the grief. And she even mentioned, as a counselor, I'm supposed to know to let you go through the grief. You should have known better. Um, Very good point, Gray. Yeah, but you know, right. but she cared, so it's hard, you know. But that was interesting how that came out. So you now you under, kind of understand a little bit of what they went through that they talked about, but you didn't really know exactly. Yeah. So it was nice. It was good character development, which is a lot of what they do they've been doing in the series. You think you know everything about the cast and they and they have little things that they bring up here and there about different members of the cast, which is cool. That makes them human. That's what it's all about. Exactly. Hit the nail yeah. on the head, my friend. Um so that is kind of sweet. And and it turns out when they're trying to reconcile the differences that none of them like the bloody planet that they're on. I can't remember what they called that. Yeah. I, I thought I heard. I, I wasn't sure. I heard the name, but I mean, I, yeah, I forgot what it was too. I just know that they was they were going there because they thought everybody liked to go there and they bring the kids there or whatever, you know. And end up finding out that no, they actually hated it, but they never told each other. It was cute. <laughs> it's funny, like oh, you like you didn't like it either. Let's get back to Earth, our bloody home planet. Come on, man. Um, yeah. Yeah. So at this stage here, 
one of the changeling guards comes to get I think it's Troy Riker's not very clear he's coming to get them anyway uh, and then all of a sudden he gets a blade through his chest Gray and that's our man that's our favourite Klingon uh, Worf is back with a heavy touch of the old classic Klingon music which I'm not going to complain about that was oh, great no, to see him back and we loved the music didn't we the music drops are, are perfect. They do it all the time. They've been doing it through the whole series. It's all great. It's, it's all it's, great. They do it at the right times as well, which is perfect. They're just using it at the right times. Not too much, not too little. Brilliant. Uh, they're having a little chat, the three of them, and it, se- <laughs> it seems like Worf was hitting on Troy with some of the things he's yeah. saying, but it's in a kind of Worf way. It's not him really hitting on her. Uh, I, to which you just see Riker's face great, and it's absolutely priceless. Like... Uh, I'm, I'm telling you, like the, the like, Freaks has got like, this. What's down, going on? Yeah, Freaks has got this down to a T, man, and, and he says, is "This a rescue mission or the continuation of the torture?" And I'm just pissing myself laughing. When I'm, That's a nice scene. There you go. Um, and you got a little bit you wanted to comment about this, uh, Gray, as well. Um, yeah, what I was saying is all through the all through the series, but in particular to use this as an example. When I saw the blade go through his chest, and then all of a sudden I saw a wharf, and then all of a sudden I heard the music. I can't help but get very teary-eyed, but but in a happy way, because I've been invested in these characters since way back to TOS, and when TNG came around, I was freaking hey, nuts. TOS, when TNG how does that came work? out. TOS original series. Yeah, but none of them were in the TOS, mate. What? No, no, no. But what I'm saying ah. is, I'm so vested <laughs> in my characters. I'm extremely vested in the TOS. Extremely vested in TNG. Others too, but the point is, is that all of us are that really like Star Trek are extremely vested in their characters. This is part of what we like, part of what we are. And if it's done right and well, you can't help it. So I start getting emotional when I see Worf there and I see other things like uh, the tune to uh, 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 Voyager when when uh, Seven sees her ship. I mean, when you yeah. get those feelings emotional, then you know that somebody's doing something right. And this is what we should have had all that time. And now it's it's great to have good, great Star Trek back with the characters that we love and well written and feel that way all over again. I mean, it's yeah. kind of like when you were younger and you, you probably experienced this maybe not as much as I did, but as well, when a movie came out or something, I couldn't wait for the next movie. I was like going, I was going bonkers when the next movie would come out the next movie, and the next movie. And because I never wanted it to end. And when the movie was over, I would usually go back and see the movie again. Cause again, I don't want it to end, you know? That's what. Th- that's why I was so thrilled with that one episode that I really liked on Below Decks when they went back to visit Deep Space Nine, which I rated a ten out of ten because the whole episode was so unlike a typical Below Decks episode. And so, uh, uh, so it was just like, wow, this is like Deep Space Nine never ended. That's yeah. the kind of stuff that's good stuff. Yeah, and yeah. We're, and uh, we're getting it in, in spades in this series, and that just makes me like super happy. I kind of get those feelings when. Um... Well, I mean, I don't all TNG first time round. I mean, it came out in the late 80s and I was still pretty young, mm. but I do recall the later seasons and then I do did watch a lot of this stuff back. So I do like them, but my first true love of Trek was probably Voyager. And and so sure. when I had the 79 bit with, when I saw the Voyager and then Jack is just like, oh, she's a beauty. And I'm like, damn straight, my son. She, not even my favorite <laughs> starship. I think I had it down as like, or three. something actually three or four, three or four something yeah, like that forget. but it's still unique and very you know and, and it's been updated slightly just for modern cgi but and, 
And I saw and by it. the way, if you want to know more about the, the video of the starships, you know, look down there. And yeah, look, yeah, yeah. That's videos. Yeah, I'll link it. Um, <laughs> and then you see you see her emotional in her face, seven, and then you yeah. you, you you get the, the Voyager music, and I was at top of Voyager. So yeah, I totally relate. It, mate. It, I totally by relate. the way, uh, uh, slightly off the subject, we only have two oh. more episodes for Janeway to appear. She's got to appear. She's got to appear. If she doesn't appear in the next two episodes, I'm going to be not, not a happy camper about that. <laughs> what they've teased it so bloody much. Gray's right. He's hitting the nail on the head again. Not right. It's man. a minimum of three times she's been mentioned, maybe four. And come on, you can't name drop that many times and tell me you're not going to at least have her show up somewhere. She's got to, man. So yeah. we'll see. We'll so, see. Gray, Gray's right that they've they've um. Add these kind of classic moments and things for the fans all the way through this. But you can do that and serve new um, uh, viewers and watchers of Trek at the same time. You can do both. It is possible with good enough sure. writing. And that's kind of what they're doing at the moment. Would it help if new people would watch older Trek, like TNG before going? Sure. But it wouldn't spoil the fun of it. So, Terry, no. well done, mate. Look, um, good Star Trek is good Star Trek, whether it's the original TNG Voyage or anything else. Yeah. If yep. it's good, it's good. And you and that's what that's why you feel like that because you're it's it's almost like it's part of what you you own or whatever like your favorite car or something. Yeah, yeah, that is I that's mean, genius, it's, Gray. If it's good, it's like it's don't good. mess with my Trek. Good, it's good, honey. Yeah, <laughs> it was gonna yeah, be right. if it's good. Um, anyway, oh, right, could so be excellent. One of our one of our classic tangents man we, we we it was kind of almost warping the next system tangent there but anyhow <laughs> we're, we're back in this old system um i'm back on the titan uh they have no surprise they have a plan to use data lore or hybrid before soon um, whatever soon like he's put everything in there like four personalities in there uh to take back control of the ship because they need someone enter uh to, to to break the command so they've got an override code which they can use or they can brute force it but these ships with the state-of-the-art computer systems you you can't do it quickly like uh, i think sydney the force mentions you know if i had a year to do it i could make a code my father could do it in a month but we're, we're no way we're doing it this quick we need something right. with sheer processing power that nobody's got ah data's got it of course so right they're going to plug them back in and then the problem is though there's that petition between law and data now there is a bit of b4 now there, there's a bit of sung in there but the two predominant partitions if you know anything about hard drive certainly back in the day you had many partitions and certain yeah. things could live in them you could have bar bad partitions good partitions you could argue here there's one good partition and one bad partition Gray. um <laughs> with law and data and and they kind of know that uh they won't. They don't really say it as much, or it's say it in as many words. But they kind of know that you know it's data's up uh, is is maybe not going to be able to do this despite his best interest because of who Law is and what he's about and dominating and whatnot. Um, and at this stage, um, when you go into their kind of minds, if you like, you know what I mean. That's what they perceive as well, is a mind, a conscience. Yeah. You see a visible force field between the two of them, uh, between Lore and Data, uh, and Lore being smug and I'm, like, I'm going to take over, brother, and I'm the one, blah blah blah. You know this this kind of thing, and they don't think Data will be able to do this as well, the guys, because he doesn't take life's 
you know, willy nilly. He won't just kill it of cold blood to sort of save himself. He only does it if he has to, um, and that's why maybe they don't think he'll do it. But not all is as it seems, Gray. Um, at this stage, data kind of keeps pulling trinkets out of thin air from his past, like mementos and whatnot, Easter eggs as we call them. And there's several of them. There's um, between right. the two of us, what we'll rattle off some. We've got uh, the pipe and the hat from the Sherlock Holmes episodes when he was in his holiday uh, adventures on, on TNG. Um, mm-hmm. You see uh, a little uh, like memorial thing, a little plaque thing that a whole picture of Tasha Yar pops up. They were very close. Yeah. And Gray, I didn't forget this one. I just didn't add it in. Uh, but there was another little cool Easter egg that he has at the end, which is really, really helpful that we, we spot. Pun intended. <laughs> yes, he uh, has his cat uh, spot, uh, which becomes very critical in terms of what happens next between Data and Laura. So the cat really kind of tops it off, so yeah. to speak. And he and uh, Data Data said that these were his actual memories. Yeah. Um, and what he felt like trying to be human and experience the way his journey to being as human as he could. And this is all part of who he was and how he grew up, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a nice moment. It's, it's just really well done. Uh, but they don't give you the whole scene in one go. Like, they never give it a conclusion. They're always right. jumping back and forth to teach, you know. So we do get back to that for sure. Uh, we then see um, on this right Picard's dead body. Um, and, you know. Weirdly at peace, you know, strange, but um, like really, really at peace. Like, um, it turns out they cut out parts of his brain, the the parts where he had the disease before. We don't know why. They're studying it for some reason, hence why they took his remains, number one theft of Astrum Station. Um, Jack at this point has kind of tried to buy them time while Data and Lord do their between them uh, and Jack's going to kill some time in the bridge so he appears to be surrendering himself and he has this little device in his hand that kind of looks like a bomb he's you know, it's like you're not going to kill all your pals and he's like well ideally I don't kind of want to but it'll kill you so and me well it might, might not kill her that's the point actually because changes right. you know what, what they're like right. it might not kill them but it'll certainly kill Jack and then she's up at Creek with Battle, isn't she? Um, yeah, she has to and, go back to uh, the, the floating head, McFloaty. McFloaty. She doesn't, want, want, she do doesn't want, want to do that. You do not want to piss off Floaty McFloatface because <laughs> for all we know, that kid, well, I don't know what it is, but anyway. Um, so, yeah, um, he's killing time nicely at this stage here. Um, in other events, it doesn't look so good for Data as Lore looks like he's well and truly taken over. Um, there's see him kind of fading out of existence a little bit, and he's asking what's going on. Um, and at this stage here, you're thinking, not looking good for him. Uh, did you think Data was gone at this stage, uh, Gray? I again, they keep you thinking because I thought, okay, but then as I saw him handing the trinkets over and over and over back to Laura all the time, it started to click with me. All of a sudden, they go, okay, I I, I start getting the idea of what I think is going to happen. And yeah. more or less, it did, it did go down the way I thought. So because we'll it just to. was too easy. It was too easy. He was just handing them over a little bit too, too 
too too easily. Yeah. I can't yeah. feel like he's giving up. Yeah, I think I mentioned it at one point. I kind of think I know what's going on as well, and it's pretty smart. But we get to that because they're going back and forth, so we certainly get to that in a moment. Right. Um, it was a kind of compromise there, Jack. was like, you've got me now, so would you let the bridge crew live? And I wasn't sure if Addict would do this or not. But she she, she does. She's like, you know, I've got what I want, so yeah, lock them in the... Whatever they're calling that bridge meeting room thing they've got at the back that they use a lot, so... Yeah, probably Off the captain. What do you yeah. what was, say that again, Gray? It's probably the captain's quarters or captains. Do you know yeah. how they have the ready room? Something right? like that. On TNG, probably. it was the ready room. Yeah. yeah. Um. So off they pop there, but seven stays stays with Jack. And, and at the time, you're like, why? But, you know, like, as I mentioned here, it's, it's kind of unclear why she does this. But if you want anyone in your corner, you're wanting seven in your corner. You can hold her own. So, um. So just the two of them at this stage here. Um, and the weird thing here for me, as we mentioned before, was Gray and I saw the, you know, what was possibly happening between data and lore. Data lore. Um, and all these trinkets are getting handed over one after another. There's quite a few of them. And we're thinking, we'll get to it in a moment, what happens later on. But you know, I think Gray and I were basically right. What we thought was probably happen. He's not, he's not stupid. Um, but that last thing he hands is Spot, his cat, and and that's when Thor's the I He's like, oh, you wanted to know what it's like to be me. This is me. These are important things. Blah, 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 blah. And then he gives him Spot, and Glor kind of gladly takes Spot. He doesn't like throw him away or try to kill him. He's like, right. oh, I'll take him, whatever. Um, and then uh, Data pops out of existence. He kind of goes, and the hemispheres of the brain, because it was kind of red on one side and blue on the other, and, and it's starting to become more and more red until it's all red, and you're like, oh. And you know it's not going to be like that, but still initially you're like, oh, shit. Jordy's emotional. Even, They're all emotional. Even if you don't know, though, you still don't. In other words, you see it all red, and you go like, well, there's got to be a way around it. But the good thing is that you don't know what the way around is. And that's a good writing. We're sitting there waiting to find out Wait, now how's this going to resolve itself? I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and something we both want to bring up here that we both uh, mentioned here is that's him now, in theory, on paper, dead for the third bloody time. I feel sorry for <laughs> the guys with him. I especially feel so sorry for uh, Picard and even more so for Jordy's best friend because they've had to see him die three times now. And grey notes here, we shouldn't blame Terry for this. I'm not blaming Terry. What, I mean, why are we not blaming Terry for this for people that are not sure? Well, basically, Terry wasn't... That's the showrunner, and he wrote some of the episodes in season three, and that's why it's so good. So we can't blame Terry for what they handed him. Um, what I do give Terry lots of credit for, and the writers, etc., is the fact that they couldn't sit there and just pretend like uh, Picard isn't a, isn't, a, isn't a robot anymore. They couldn't pretend that Data didn't die twice already. It, it's already there. It's already yeah. in the in Star Trek lore. No punch pun intended. So it was already there. So instead of trying to pretend it's not there or to make up some other stupid thing like the bad writers would, he just said, look, I'm just going to have to embrace it. It is the way it is. Nothing I can do about it. And he rolls with it. And he rolls with it really well and comes up with a decent idea and a decent way of getting through the problem, yep. not ignoring the problem. Yeah. So I got to give him a lot of credit for that. 
he he was he inherited a bloody mess, safe to say, Gray. Um, yeah. And he did mention before that you know data will be in it in some kind of capacity. He did say before he had to. He's like, I know he's been killed before, but you can't have a TNG reunion without him. And when you see what yeah. happens, you'll you'll be like, perfect, Terry. Well done. You've done the best of what you could uh, with what you had, and you managed to turn it around somewhat. So anyway, we'll certainly get to that, won't we? Mm-hmm. Um, but 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 as I mentioned here, Mister Gray, Data has just gone and pulled a fast one, hasn't he? Uh, he knew what he was doing right off the yep. bat, which was bloody genius. Uh, and the thing is, Lord can't figure out what's he's thinking. Unless he completely wins and takes over, then he knows. He doesn't know what he's planning, cause it a partition. Um, and Gray and I, like I said before, we both saw it coming. By lore, by, by Data giving Lore his trinkets, he's given parts of him to Lore um, so that he still kind of survives or passes his essence, his self over to Lore. Where Lore thinks, ah, I'm taking all you. Well, you are everything all the memories the bits and bobs um and then before you know it uh lore's one that's starting to disappear and he's like you know and he's like he basically just said what i said there to lore that i'm taking over uh sorry you're coming part of me brother uh that's what it's like uh and then he disappears in his brother's arms which is kind of sweet in a way even though lore's always trying to kill him um, and then before you know it, it goes everything goes uh, from on the board to uh, blue, red blue. Of, and he resurrected out of nothing. Sorry, Gray, I just had to finish that last bit there. What is your take on that, mate? Did you kind of... Well, yeah. What I, what I thought was really great was, first of all, the cat was the turning point because he picked up the cat uh, data and he said, this is when I truly understood what it was to love something. Mm. And mm. Laura takes the cat, and instead of just going rant, tossing the cat out, he's holding Barf. the cat and petting the cat. So was he petting and the cat? And, was it? All right, okay. Well, you kind of had him like cradled it. like this. Yeah. So, and then when, when finally when Data uh, reveals to Laura what the whole point of what he did was, he, he basically gave Laura what Laura has always really wanted. Laura has always really wanted the things that Data had, but he never could. The forgotten yeah. child kind of thing. Yeah. And when he got all the things that he was missing, he essentially becomes data. So whether you want to look at it as data becomes lower, lower becomes data, it doesn't matter. The point is is that that was what had to end up happening at the end. Yeah. So in a way, data has died for the third time. In, in theory, he has died for the third time. In theory. And reborn for the fourth time. Yeah, but this time now... <laughs> It's data plus lore, not lore plus data. Um, right. It's it's data plus lore. So what he's he's inherited the good parts of lore. Which he got, there's good parts. Well, yeah, his more his personality and humanity and, and not not humanity, personality and emotions, like humor, the sarcasm, mm-hmm. the almost perfect android being, which works out later at, towards the end of the episode. It's actually bloody hilarious. We'll talk about that just now. Actually, mm-hmm. right off the bat, he. Picard's like, we need your help. He doesn't even let Picard finish. He's like, I'm right on it. What a guy. I'm on it, right. Um, uh, and, and he literally starts taking back of the control in like seconds, just like that. Um, he, <laughs> he He's apparently uh, pissed off now at the, because he can feel 
uh, and this comes out in a nice little line in a moment as well, uh, because he's the best. He's basically the best versions of the two, like I meant, uh, I said a moment ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he talks about he, he goes on the tannoy. I call it a tannoy. I call it. It's ship wide now, and he's talking to everyone, and he's like, "This is your boy, Data Lore up again." Um, <laughs> and he's and then he, he's he's addressing. Hey, wait a minute! It would, I gotta I gotta stop you. It would have been hilarious if he actually said it just the way you did. It's your boy Data. <laughs> that, that would have been classic. <laughs> hey, it's your boy Data. <laughs> They'd all be going like, "What?" Uh, see, this, That's this good, is the thing good. about the two of them coming together. He's not too silly. He's got humor, but he's not like lore. Like was all about just being too emotional, and that was maybe. Well, lore lore was like, a was an a hole. Like, oh, he was. He was. He was. But in fact, I'll right. give you. I'll give you this bit, Greg, because you've you've noticed something down here. But also uh, the bit of, uh, the bit how he dresses uh, the changelings as well. Oh yeah, it was great. Well. Per- the first thing he says when he gets back online is goes, this is your Pontotronic pissed off security system. <laughs> I loved it. When I heard that, I was going like, yeah, that's it. Give it to him. And then in the, in the, in this rant that he's doing, he, he calls that, he calls out the uh, change that says monologuing protoplasms. I'm going like, <laughs> where'd you come up with that one? That's, that's a good one. I really like that. I was sitting there going like, yeah, man, this is good. Just da, 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 da. This is when you use humor, guys, at the right times, and it's funny enough, and it's data with his humor, not when he had the emotion chip in Generations, and he just turned into a bloody nervous wreck because it was too much for him. Um, this is good, and I like I like this version yeah. of data, to be honest with you, mate. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Now, a little... Um, bomb thing that Jack's got in his hand. It's not quite what it seems. Surprise, surprise. I wasn't really surprised by that. Uh, Jack's plan now comes into effect. His bomb isn't a bomb, but it's in fact a force field as Picard yells the order to the bridge. Now, at this stage here, I'm like, who the hell is the bridge? Who's on the bridge to carry this out? But as Gray points out nicely here, because Data's still connected to the whole ship, it's probably him, but then not why say, why not just say data? I, I, I just think I just think it was the emotion of the moment. Yeah, they, already, they, they didn't have to point out data. It's just do it, you know. Yeah, you're right, man. You're right. Um, and again, small nitpick. I don't really care. I'm just wondering yeah. who he's talking to, you know. Um, and he yells the order to open the evacu- evacuation hatch on the bridge. Um, and and then uh, you know. Gray thinks it's probably data that's that's doing the controlling and opening of the, the hatch, and it probably is, to be fair. Uh, now, here we go. There's a swear word coming up, and I'm going to say it verbatim because it adds to what happens. So if you've got little kiddies about, just shut them up uh, away and cover their ears <laughs> for like 20 seconds or so. Um, Seven then says, the force field goes round them. Oh, you're funny, Gray. The force field goes round <laughs> the two of them, um, and then Seven just classic line, Get off my bridge. Very Picard-esque. Uh, to which a rattled Vadic turns around, looking scared shitless, and she goes, fucking solids. And I am pissing myself laughing at this stage, Great. I know you yeah. liked this scene as well, didn't you? Now, again, you probably know what I'm going to say here, but again, it, it harkens back to Star Trek Six again. What, it is, what did uh, Christopher Plummer say when, when they fired the torpedo that went up the tailpipe? Of the be ship, he just to goes to be or not to be, and he's looking at this. And he's looking at the torpedo, and boom, he's gone. 
very much the same thing. She's going like, damn, they got me. And so she just goes fucking silence and boom. Yeah. <laughs> See, I not... fly out the hatch. I'm not for swearing the Star Trek. I don't think it should ever be used at all. And I know Gray maybe thinks differently from that. It's just, it's not, it's never been a Star Trek thing at all. And, and, and they yeah. shouldn't be changing it now. But see that one time there, it was it was said by Picard early in the season. And I don't like that. I don't agree with that. But see right though, right then, that was perfect. That was just the ideal time yeah. to have that. Because she's literally, she knows she's going to die. So, and I, I'm not sure she's going to die actually. Because Changeling's handle when we get to that in a moment um we then see a frozen or barrack because she got goons and she starts freezing up slowly as you do in space and then i actually think she's heading towards the shrike i thought this is what i was asking is she going to die right because i thought maybe the the shrike would uh beam her up and then quickly try and revive her and maybe she recovers because she's a changeling evolved changeling we don't know what's going to happen there but no, she right. doesn't. Uh, instead, she, she she slams right into her own bloody ship and breaks into tiny pieces. And I'm asking Grey, is she really dead? And by his little cheeky, funny comment, I'm pretty sure she is dead, Grey. Yeah? Dead, Jim. Trev. <laughs> yeah. McCoy. She's dead, Jim. I mean, Trev. But she's not coming back. She's 100%. She ain't coming back. First, first of all... Just think about this. If she's frozen, so I mean, if they were gonna save her, they would have to save her before she bits. froze up. And there was no way to save her. Half her crew was on the was on the Titan anyway, so Holy there was half. no time. And and even though we saw her freeze up, believe me, you go out into space like that, you're gonna freeze up a hell of a lot faster than what we saw. Yeah, true. So in any case, in any case, she freezes solid. But then when she hits the ship, she breaks into a bunch of pieces. There's no way changing or not. Those pieces are spread out in space, so far apart. They're it would, uh, it would never come back together. It's momentum even if there was a as well. Chance. The momentum she hits. So they're going, they're going for miles now, aren't it's they? So. Like, by, by now, it's off to a, part of her is off to another planet. <laughs> she always wanted to see the galaxy. Now she is. Um, yeah. In bits. But yeah, so yeah, she's gone with two episodes to go. So this will be throwing Jack in the big bad. But um, the bridge crew are now back in control. Uh, and Shaw asked Seven uh, to take this one. Now... Ray, I want your input on this one, mate. I think you, you mentioned mm-hmm. it here, but uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, he then says, lock on and fire everything. Very Riker-esque. Uh, and she shouts fire a bit loudly when not that far. But anyway, she feels she has to shout it really, really loud. Yeah, because um, she's pissed off. I don't blame her. I know, I know. Um, and then she shouts fire, and there's, I counted, five torpedoes hit. Yeah. And these are these are not quantum. Armor torpedoes hit the strike and the strike goes kablooey and I'm like, wow, this ship was blown up that bloody easy. And as I note here to Gray, ask each other, well, ask him questions. I'm like, okay, what? Its shields must have been down, and that's because there was no one left on board or next to no one left on board to raise them. Is that why you think it was blown up so easy, Gray? Possibly. Yeah, I think so. I think shields were down because remember they. As far as they know, everything is going fine on yeah, the other ship. Daughter. So what are we worried about? You know, we got them by the you know what's and we don't care. So mm-hmm. yeah, the shields are down for sure. And as far as five, those those photon torpedoes are pretty powerful. They may not be quantum's, but they're pretty powerful. So I could see it. I could see it. You know, if you're hitting in the right places, you're, you can blow a ship up with with no shields. However, yep. I really think that if to do it properly. 
they should have shot like five, six, seven, eight torpedoes, and they should have been phasering stuff. Yeah, you mentioned that, like, everything. She does say like fire the lot, and it's only torpedoes. fire. Yeah, she says fire everything we got or whatever she said. Well, that yeah, isn't yeah, everything yeah. you got. You got phasers too. So, and again, everybody understand that's just a nitpick. Of but if of I were if I were to redo the scene, yeah, I would double up on the on the torpedoes, and I would definitely fire several phasers into the ship at the same and, time. And you and you wonder why at this stage more ships or Starfleet ships don't have quantum torpedoes. And I've always wondered this. I think it's, I think I remember reading this somewhere that they're hard to make even in Star Trek terms. So not every ship mm-hmm. gets them and they don't have, they have less of them, far less of them than they do photons. Uh, they sure. are, if you look into the technology of how they're made, it's mind-blowing. It's literally, it's like very Stargate-esque with the zero modules things that they have. It's literally, you know, uh, from nothingness causing a big explosion, pulling like power from subspace. And it's absolutely mind-bending if you think about it. So they can't make as many of them. Mm. Um, so I'm okay with it being photons being the standard on most ships going forward. So the old photons, five, kablooey, the, the Titan goes past, and we get some more of that sweet, sweet TNG movie music, Ray, don't we, which I'm never going to get sick of hearing. Yeah, actually, when you see the the, uh, uh, the Titan, the Titan go past. out like this, yeah. You hear that? You hear the, the the original TMP type Enterprise music. Oh right, okay. Which is, gen- yeah, which is generally yeah. only left for the Enterprise, but they they threw That's it fine. in. We all we all love it. <laughs> yep, and it sounded great, and they were just kind of like you know going off. So it's, everything was great. It's great. It, there is great Starship porn in this whole season, isn't it? Like they've done it so well. Yeah. The shots of the Titan, like the Titan is the hero ship. It's not the bonniest looking ship in the world. Uh, it's not ugly either. It's just not the bonnie. Yeah, it's ship. not We're... bad. It's not bad. No, no, no. I'm just. It's yeah. not. A, it's not an enterprisey or anything. You know that's sort of defined. Yeah, but let's put between you and I. We know why they picked the ship and called it the Neo Constitution class, type class ship. It's because it's oh, yeah. the closest looking thing to the Enterprise without being the Enterprise. Yeah, of course. Of course. So, and, so and, and... you had to do it to get those those vibes. Yep. You know, or whatever. Hundred percent. Hey, don't get me wrong. Not. Most of the time, the hero ship should be really powerful and the top of the line one, usually when it's the Enterprise, it is. But in this case, it's nice to see something a little bit different. And the, sh- the flyby mm. shots of the ships and whatnot are really, really good. So the the, yep. the CGI, the VFX team, done really, really well. Um, we have a little sweet moment here between uh, Data uh, and, and Jordy. And Jordy's like, how do you feel? And he's, he's trying to explain it. He's trying to, because this is the first time he's been asked that question and had to think about how he feels. And he's like, I feel, and there's a little pause and he goes, I feel, you know? And I'm like, that is the yeah. perfect bloody answer and response. That is how he feels. The fact he can feel yeah. it's new to him. And when in Generations, uh, Star Trek Six, it over it overwhelmed him to the point nearly blew his positronic kind of uh, brain. But he handles <laughs> it there perfectly. And grey notes here, it's a beautiful emotional scene. I love to see scenes between those two guys. Oh, oh yeah. Every every time they bring the cast in for something, it's just it's just wonderful. When it's done right, when it's written right, when it's directed properly, it all comes down just right. And that's well. and that's what a good that's what a good showrunner's all about. And that's why Paramount's putting uh, their cash behind Terry, you know, going forward from here. Hopefully. So. Hopefully. I mean, it's the writers as well. Terry only oh, they wrote will. two, three episodes of this. Maybe, maybe even less. Maybe only two. But he picked the writers that he knew right. that worked with him in Twelve Monkeys before and other things, and that's why it works. Because the yep. they they're what Terry they they're the same mentality as Terry. You can't have yeah. 
10 Terry's, that'd be great, like writing different episodes. He just picks the guys at work and they're, they're all cracking writers. Um, finally, 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 Gray, something great happens. And I'm, let, I'm going to let you tell the people what happens because it's so great and you're such a cool guy that you deserve honour. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the, fi- the first time, technically, that we see the entire TNG crew finally all sitting around the table like, like in the old days. And so it was really great just getting a nice pan shot of each one of them as they say something or, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And everybody, everybody more or less, you know, has a line to say, you know, here and there. What they've been up uh, to. All, what, what, what they've been up to or whatever they feel like saying. Uh, when Data comes into the room, uh, right away, Jordy's saying, you know, something to the effect, I can't believe how I have my friend back. You know, when he's back and my friend is back. And so that was like a great scene with those two and everything. So it just was like, the feel good, you know, the the best feel good part of the sh- of the episode in that yeah. like one scene, and then I'll I'll leave, I'll leave Worf to what's Worf said that was funny to you. You go ahead on that one. This is great. It's, he, he drops the line and just like. Well, the the thing with data that he touched on before Gray was um uh. He is you know it's he's like it's good to see you back data and he's like can I, it is data and it isn't data. But it's the best version of data because data is technically dead, really. Well, but, even but, data said himself, he said, I'm data, but, not, but I've changed. But I've changed, yeah. So, data 2.0, the, the complete data, the best version of him. He's always tried to evolve and he's got there now, finally, uh, right. which is good. Um, but yeah, no, they, 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 they go around the table, like and they get to Worf. And Worf says he's, he's fought, been fighting many enemies over the years, and he's kind of killed a lot of enemies and whatnot and and this whole time he's killed each enemy wanted to give each of their heads to his friends as as mementos but he's advised that that's maybe a wee bit passive aggressive uh to which they're kind of <laughs> chuckling and smiling away very much like gray is right now and uh we're both staying here we're laughing at like this is- oh my god i was off the, i was off the chair laughing it was so funny the way and he just deadpan delivers it just going i have fought many enemies over the years and I wanted to give the heads of each one of you <laughs> to my friends. That and I'm is... like, oh my God. Roger never. It was see, the writing for Worf is brilliant. It's so deadpan. It's that is yeah. Worf. Michael Dorn delivers this so, so well. Um and I'd love his humor. It's very dark and dry, just like mine. So roll on. Brilliant scene. Kind of like, brilliant kind of, uh, I don't know if you know who Stephen Wright is, but Stephen Wright's a comedian that his whole career is deadpan humor. Where he just sits there and he doesn't even make any expressions. That's the funny. And it was part. almost like, it was almost like that. Worf was able to just uh, you know Michael Dorn was able to deliver the lines, and I'm just like, yeah. wow, yeah. that was perfect. It was. It I would love I would love to see the outtakes when this is all over. There had got to be some good ones. Oh, the bloopers for once actually, I do yeah. want to see that because I don't normally watch that, but yes, I want to see that. I um, hope they do put it out eventually. So the last very last part of the episode, uh, we have a cool scene where the Titan cloaks now. I've touched on this before. It's the original cloak and sound effect and uh, visual effect, which yeah. I love. The Treaty of Algeron's gone because the Romulan Star Empire doesn't exist. It's the Romulan Free State, so the Treaty of Algeron is kaput, so they can use cloak again. And damn right, I mean, this is a modern Starfleet. They should be able to be using this kind of technology, and they do. Mm. Um, they're going to basically, essentially, I think, cloak is because Frontier Day is a matter of a couple of hours away, and they need cloak and then yeah. get there. Um, so I guess that's why they're doing it. 
Um, we have Troy then visiting uh, Jack to find out what's going on with him. So normally she notes the patient comes to the counsellor. The counsellor doesn't normally come to the patient, but she's like, I think I'm going to pay him a visit uh, in this one, on this, uh, yep. one time. Um, and then she's like, listen, grab the hands, like, let's go into this together. Um, and then she starts reading his mind and she asks about this red door that Jack keeps seeing. Because we do see this red door at the end of a corridor all the time with the vines right. over it. And then she's this red door. And he's like, I don't know, but I am petrified of it. I ain't going anywhere near that bloody door. Having none of it. Um, and Troy's like, sister, we'll go together. It's fine. Chill. Like, whatever is behind that door, we'll, we'll face it. And then she goes up, open the door, and just as she's about to open it, bloody episode ends. And I'm like, oh, God damn, Terry, again. And then Gray's a smart ass here, and he goes, it's called a cliffhanger for a reason. But come on, Gray, you do that at the end of a bloody season, not the end of almost every episode. In the old days, long ago, they used to cliffhang at the end of every episode or something. It was like, it was just like... Yeah, if it's a continuation, but old Trek is individual episodes, so I'm not used to seeing it, I think, in Trek is what I'm trying to say to you. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to see that in, like, Strange New Worlds. It's, it's because they have episodic, you know, each, each yes. story. This is the overarching story, so you do whatever. Exactly. Um, exactly. So, yeah, our final thoughts on that. I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I could border an 8, but I'll stick with my 7.5. And, uh, and that's not a slight on the episode. It's just so, so hard to get the 9s and 10s because the rest of it's so good that um, mm. to pull that off, they might do it in season, uh, episode 9 or 10, it's possible. But a 7 out of 10 is nothing to be of a very very good solid episode with many good things through it um uh but it wasn't completely mind-blowing like some of the episodes were in the past so it's just a high bar that terry sets not a bad thing at all what did you give it great right. and why yeah i went one more i said 8.5 um i really did enjoy it i did think it got draggy here and there it was kind of like okay you need to kind of move along a little bit um i thought worst whole speech to troy even though it was funny was too long and too, and it got to be a little cringy because it was too long. Funny as hell, mate. Come on. It was, no, it was funny, but they needed to shorten it. Like, by yeah, half. yeah, 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 yeah. That would have been fine. He just kept going on and on and on. I'm going like, okay, okay. So, Rafi, is that what takes it down to half a point? And then, the, and then the third, the third reason was Rafi. <laughs> Every time she's in an episode, it's like if Gray <laughs> gives that a nine, that's going to take it down point, point of a, I can't, uh, half a point. I can't help it. Even though she's admittedly better in this season than the prior ones. It's still, you still there. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like that uh, that that pebble in your shoe. You know, it's kind of like eh, what's bothering my foot. You know, <laughs> it's hard. That's right? the way. Um, yeah. So yeah, that almost takes us to the end there. But uh, what we what we do in the last few episodes is Gray's little corners. We're calling it just a quick sneak peek uh, of the, the, the teaser trailer for next week. Um, and we've both had a little watch it. Gray, you want to quickly tell people what's? Uh, yeah, this here? one was uh, a clip. And actually, I wasn't really uh, expecting him to do this clip. But anyway, it kind of picked up right with mm. where it left off. And uh, and Troy says, you know, I'm going to go in the room with you. Don't don't worry. And so they walk to the room and they open the door. And Troy sees what's beyond the door just before Jack sees what's beyond the door. Um, and she immediately breaks contact or something threw her off. I should say that what I she saw happened. That broke contact with Jack immediately. But what was more, you know, I can't wait till next week kind of thing, is that she goes like, I got to go, I got to go. And she runs out of the room 
you know, and he's going, and then Jack's like running after her going, what did you see? And he's screaming at her. What did you see? What did you see? And she just couldn't handle it. And I'm going like, well, she couldn't handle it. What the hell did she see? So this is going to get real interesting, which is what I like. Yeah. I don't know. So I don't know what she saw. Did she see a big bed? Did she see something more shocking in her mind? I mean, I have a theory, but it could be, I could be totally off. And and actually I don't even want to, I don't even want to see this theory happen, but Hmm? Every time you heard the voice in his head, it sounds like Beverly. This last time, last episode, this one we talked about, when he heard the voices again, sound a lot like Beverly now. It's not just like before, it was kind of like sort of Beverly sounding. Now it sounded just like her. And I'm going like, what are they, what are they leading up to? So I just threw out there just for the hell of it. I go like, could the Beverly we've been seeing all along in the show be a changeling? Why? Dun, dun, dun. I just don't get it. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I just why? I'm not. I'm not going with that. My theory, 100. percent But, but that would be one hell of a twist if it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because Vada anyway. kept on saying things about Jack that would lead you to believe that Jack's not even her son or something. I mean, he keeps. He, she, she says things like she knows him too well, only, a little bit. Yeah, she's Vada was saying, well, if you only knew what he was, or you only knew what he did, or you'll. You only knew what he's gone through. You only knew, I'm like, what is she talking about? Because if this is her son and she's seen him since he was little and he's been, he's been around all the time, pretty much. What's, what is Vatic saying? It's almost as if she's saying, you know, this isn't your son. This is, this is whatever this is. Hey, look, we, we don't know. Maybe, maybe he has a split personality and the big bad is actually Jack. Of course, it could be whatever is in his mind could come yeah. out, and he's, he goes all yeah. floating McFlo- He could be floating McFlopey. Possible. I mean, we don't uh, know. I believe so... that more. I believe that more than the Be- Beverly thing, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, so far, the good thing about the, the, the writing being so well is every time you and I do an episode review, we keep on saying, wow, I hope they, don't, they can write themselves out of this one. Oh, I hope the yeah. writers know what they're doing. Oh, I hope the writers don't Usually mess it do. up. And this every single time, the writers have been able to handle the situation and make it plausible as to what's going on. So, and that's another sign of good writing. So now we have two more episodes. And again, we're even questioning going like, what are they going to do? There's only two more episodes. Yeah. You know, um, I think that's, we'll see the enterprise F in uh, episode nine because, um, the, can't wait. Pardon? Oh yeah. 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 I, sorry. Yeah, the enterprise F it's, uh, well, is it be yeah? They did confirm it's being decommissioned, but literally, um, yeah. I've, and we've got a whole other theory on every bloody starship in the land being in the how practical it is. But I'm not going to nitpick at that one. Um, no. Let's just say um, it's good to see all these. Sh- it will be good to see all these ships. Um, and that episode's called Vox. I don't know why. Maybe that's the name of the big bad because every other episode has got a name that makes sense or it's direct to something. This is the first one, Vox V O X. That I'm like, what? I want to be pleasantly surprised. Um, I still want. I still want to see the Enterprise F blow something up. You may do. Got to do you it. May do, you may <laughs> do. You may do, my man. Uh, let's just see what happens there. I can't wait for episode nine. I really can't. So well done, Terry and crew. We'll wrap up there. Thank you uh, as always, everyone, for your patience and great coming along. Um, the usual quick call to arms. Um, we are on as well as YouTube, of course. The YouTube do the podcast now. And on any other, any other podcast platform, you can find us at, at The Trekway as well. Uh, same on the old Twitters, um, at The Trekway. 
And don't forget, Mr. Gray here has his little side gig as well that I co-host with him called Gray's Green Room, which can be found uh, on the YouTubes as well and the podcasts and platforms. So looking for Gray's Green Room. He does that. Look down there. Once a month. It's always down there. All the stuff down there. Um, uh, he does a, a episode once a month and we'll have the odd special thrown in it as well. And you can find him on the Twitters at Gray's Green Room as well. Um, but yes, listen, thank you very much, everyone, for coming along. We can't wait to see you for episode nine. But until then, Mr. Gray, do your thing, my friend. Live long and prosper, everybody.